Welcome to episode 12 of the Take Some Logo podcast. I'm Jonah Middleton here with Theo Mandelbaum, Connor Hart, and Max Voorhees. We have a uh, really, really exciting episode today. We're going to be talking about the trade deadline. Um, before we get started, today is Wednesday, February 16th. This probably won't come out till 20th, probably. Something like that. Well, Friday or Saturday. This so. weekend. If I can possibly edit Friday night, then I will. Which that, that I don't know if that's gonna happen. You'll get it. Yeah. You'll get it uh, the weekend that you're that it's coming out. So it is recorded a few days ahead. We are a couple days late um, from when the trade deadline ended, but this is the best time we had to get a decent number of people together. There shouldn't be any breaking news. No, like so we should be good. Speaking of getting everybody together, uh, we'll start off with our newly introduced injury reserve. Uh, Max has returned from injury, fortunately. Um, he was really going through it last episode <laughs> and I, with a couple different injuries. Um, do you want to tell us how you recovered, or did you even listen? How I recovered? He didn't listen. Um, with Noah, he's out today with crippling indecisiveness and fatigue. We got an alert basically right before we uh, started recording saying that he was in, unable to attend. We figured it was because of reasons beyond his own. And he actually said it was his decision. So just a bad friend through and through. Yeah, really a you horrible know, person. Exactly. Speaking of <laughs> exactly no breaking news, like Connor said, there is Noah who breaks promises. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then um, next we have Brian. <laughs> who did you just wait to? Never mind. Actually, uh, never mind. <laughs> irrelevant. Uh, next, we have Brian, who's out with load management. He said one thing in the group chat today, which is, I can't. And that's all we've heard. So, Busy man. Yeah, I'm sure he's really And he still texts more than Max does. So. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> that. <laughs> Total cumulative amount of texts, I would say, Brian takes second to last. I'm also, I'm also a busy man. Except Noah's when, less than Brian too. I don't know. When Max does text, he texts a lot. With Noah, uh, it's like you get you're not getting more than three a day, dude. Actually, yeah. no. No, if Noah's mad about something. Actually, no, you're right. If he's talking about the Knicks, I, it'll be like seventeen. I was about to say, Brian's data may be a little skewed because when he's like talking about NCAA or something, oh or even when he's raging, there's a lot of text. But then when he's not, there's not that many. Yeah, Brian just gets, I mean, we all get upset about various things, but Brian's are probably the most various, if I had to say. He's yeah. got a very diverse portfolio. Things to get, things things to to get, get upset at. There's his work. There's uh, work. Uh, driving. Parents. Oh, right. Drive Driving is a very big one. That's a good one, too. Uh, NCAA 12 on that. the Xbox probably 360. Uh, he just gets, he just, he's a very angry person. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes he has extremes. He yes, he's. He I varies. wouldn't say he's bipolar most of the time. No. But he's like most of the time he's not angry. But then when he gets angry, it's pretty. It's pretty really funny. funny. It's, it's quite humorous. It really ends up being comic relief. Uh, anyways, we've got um, a lot of trades to talk about. This is one of the better trade deadlines in NBA history, especially one of the better ones um, in the past couple of, one, of seasons. I can't think of one like a, even a trade that was more impactful. Yeah. Like, uh, most of the time when you see, like, trade deadline, the headliners are, like, some borderline all-stars. And then, but for once, we actually have, like, super, super marquee names that aren't dealt in the offseason for once. So, it's kind of crazy. We had a, we had a lot of teams choose their direction. Um, Which is or good. stay in the direction that they're in. And that's going to be the first team we talk about. 
Lord help the Portland Trailblazers. Um, <laughs> well, no, decided, I, have no, I have no idea what happened. Well, we'll, we're, we're, we're going to talk, talk about, about okay, okay, But their okay. mentality this trade deadline was, you know, we've had Dame for long enough, and we're going to keep him here and still not win a championship with him. So let's create a bunch of cap space um, so that we can sign some mediocre free agents in the offseason, which so, is nothing different than what they've done the past however many years, and it hasn't worked. They're going to get Evan Turner again. Right, or they'll, or get, they'll re-sign Robert Covington to a $25. Get Evan Turner and Ricky Rubio to really help uh, Lillard win a championship. And we'll his canter on 10 mil. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and it's freedom. My bad. I was going to say how. Freedom. Right? Yeah, we apologize, Mr. Ennis. Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll start off with them trading Norman Powell and Robert Covington to the Clippers. In return, they get Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a uh, 2025 second-round pick from Detroit. So um, Norman Powell going to the Clippers, I think, is really, really good for them, especially next season when they get back healthy. Blazers, again, just getting low contracts slash expiring contracts that won't do anything for them no. now, and it won't let them sign anybody better. That's yeah, you look like point. you disapproved of that. Raise your the, hand. It's always when the Clippers are healthy next season, blah, blah, blah. So – is it ever going to happen? Like, are we ever going to see the Clippers healthy? Because if we don't, then Norman, Norman Powell is just going to get his value up and then require a bigger contract the next time he's a free agent. He's under contract for four more years, dude. That's fair. But, <laughs> like, but like, I mean, I mean, there's only so long before yeah, four years exactly before Kawhi and Paul George end up splitting up with the Clippers. And if they, I mean, if the same thing that's been happening for the last three years keeps happening, then they will somewhat soon. And I don't assume that Norman Powell's play will get worse if they leave. And then after four more years, he will require more money. I'm just saying, like, this is a legitimate question to y'all. It's kind of off topic. Even like when the Clippers get healthy, do they scare you as like a championship contender anymore? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really? Because we, I saw, I mean, they took the Suns to six last year with no Kawhi whatsoever. So I was gonna say the Suns were missing Chris Paul though for a majority. Is Kawhi still hurt? Well. Like I don't. What's up? His ACL is still, still torn. Wow. Okay. Bro. Well, he's recovering from it. There's I think I did hear he was a little bit ahead of schedule, but he won't be back till next season. There's no point. Unless they really want to rush him for the playoffs, but I doubt it. Considering Kawhi's Kawhi in his career has never come back from anything fast enough. That's not a shot. That's just like he's taken his time with rehabbing and he's done the load management and stuff. And then PG is eternally hurt. He, he's honestly like – he low-key is like what we think of Joel Embiid, but he's like the actual version of that. Because at least Joel, these past this past season and a half, his conditioning and his stuff, he's actually only missed probably like 20-something games. PG is just eternally injured for half the season. And they're all like really minor things for the most part. Or not this minor, is but not they're things minor. that this you like elbow. wanted. Like, yeah, they're kind of abnormal. And, like, he's had his shoulder problems, but those have been on and off. It's not like he has a big injury and he's out for a while. I yeah. in the shoulder after shooting, like, 20%. Yeah. The Tordy games, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, the, that, that was the Blazers' first move. And then Again, was... trying to create cap space for whatever reason. There's not even that many good free agents. We can talk about that later. Let's just talk about the second The next player. one was one of the uh, more extravagant trades, the deadline. And they finally got rid of McCollum. They're going to send him to... They already have sent him to New Orleans for uh, McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell. In return, they got Josh Hart, kind of got Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 
Tomas Sadoransky, and oh lord, Didi Luzada. How do you kind of get someone? We'll talk about. They ended up flipping him, uh, and they also got uh, three picks: one first round or two seconds. That's a pick this year, but I don't know if that's. I don't know whose pick that is. I don't. I don't I think, think it's, it's the Pelicans. Theirs. It's just protected. Are we sure? I think it's lottery protected. No, you're right. You're it's right. probably heavily it's, protected. I think it's lottery protected, and it conveys either next year or the year after. Okay. So. So yeah, I think the Pelicans getting McCollum is really really good actually. It's cool um, for them. They needed. They tried to bring in Devonte Graham. He's all right, but I feel like CJ is just like the souped up version of that. Now they just need to fix their defense before next season, and they could probably push for a plan if Zion still exists. Honestly, does this drop off the face of the planet? The Larry Nance Jr. pickup is good for them. Mm-hmm. He he's really solid. The Portland gave up a first for him in the offseason, mm-hmm. and now they flip him. With in with CJ McCollum, dude, Portland. Do we want to talk about Portland's direction really quick? Like, just talk about how. I don't want to spend too much time on them we can because be I hate talking about them. Well, no, they, they honestly, they honestly did what we thought Indiana would do, and like just refused to. They like they think that they can still compete with Dame, which unless James Harden, well, actually no, he's not even going to be a free agent anymore because he opted mm-hmm. into his player option. The best free agents on the market are like Kyrie, and then there's like the drop off is pretty precipitous. Zach Levine, yeah, he's not going to leave. I don't. Care. I think they're 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 like I think the biggest signing they could realistically get, and this is if everything goes right, is if they tried to fully max out Aiton and the Suns don't match, which I think it's more likely to be a sign and trade. So they had to give some of these assets too, which at that point it's like. Is DeAndre Ayton really that much better than the combination of Yusuf Nurkic and like CJ? Probably not, right? No. no. The Blazers are lost. They don't <laughs> they have Guidance. nothing good going for them, considering how it's been this season with Dame. They should trade for Beal if they really I was about to say, well, what are they gonna do? <laughs> Give up nothing for Beal? Because they'll tra- they could trade Simons for Beal. A Simons face. <laughs> you think they could trade Simons for Beal? Is the package around the maybe? What is the package? Simon's what, what, and what? (laughs) I don't think the I think it's less of the package being good and more that the Wizards will refuse to pay Beal the supermax. I doubt that. I I know our front office well enough to know that we will probably pay him the supermax. That doesn't mean your owner will like it. (laughs) Ted Leonsis? Yeah, how close he's always he's always wanted to pay like. As a as a franchise, we've always given in to what the players want in terms of money. Like we always give them contracts. Yeah, but y'all just like y'all just got burned by that with the John Walsh stuff. Is he really gonna want to pay the luxury tax for a team that has shown that they can't make the playoffs? That I feel like that's I'm not saying that it's likely, but maybe this is Portland's endgame that they don't need to match salaries. Instead they can just give give young players and picks. Yeah. Connor, Nasir Little is also pretty interesting. I'm not saying that this is a good package. I'm just saying it's a package. No, I know what you're saying in terms <laughs> of why we would trade Beal. Yeah. But we have made it kind of clear that we are going to hold on to every star we have until they're not a star. Portland. Exactly. <laughs> but Sounds like what they're doing. Y'all have the Portland insane. of the East, Theo. How does that make you feel? I don't, dude, I don't even care. I was just trying to aggravate you. You're fine. Okay, do we'll, we want to get into the rest of the deals? Yeah, we'll transition. Um, that trade actually works well for our next one. That was an awkward pause. You're good. Um, 
So I said they kind of get Nikhil Alexander Walker, and that's because they had him for a they had him for enough time for him to fly to Portland and then get traded immediately after. Okay. He's going to Utah with Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um, this is a three team trade. So Alexander Walker from Portland's going to Utah. Hernan Gomez from San Antonio is going to Utah. The Blazers get Joe Ingles, Elijah Hughes, and the second rounder all from Utah. And the Spurs get Sadoransky from Portland and a second round pick from Utah. Um, kind of insignificant for the most part. Ingles to Portland. I hate it because he's old. He's on an he expiring deal. He the floor. He's injured for the rest of the year. Oh, he's expiring? Yeah, he's expiring. Okay, never That's mind. why they did it. Again, this is their – I still hate it. This is their <laughs> approach to get cap space to sign nobody. So, either way, Portland is just a monstrosity, and I hate even talking about them. How uh, did the Spurs get a better package back <laughs> than, than the Jazz did, bro? I don't – or sorry, than oh. the Blazers did for oh. trading the keel. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. No, I think the Jazz getting Alexander Walker is great. I'm going to be super, super biased. He's, he, I think he is like the uh, scoring punch they need, although he doesn't fix what the Jazz's problems are, but why not go ahead? He'll it's provide asset, some asset spacing, some good playmaking. Uh, still a very, very young player, and – I, I was listening to somebody else talk about the trade. They were just pointing out how the Jazz do very, very well with development. True. They'll take guys mm-hmm. from, um, you know, lower draft picks and turn them into really, really good players. We've seen that with Gobert. Donovan Mitchell was a low lottery guy. Um, Most of the Alexander jazz. Walker has potential to Royce O'Neal. be very, very yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think that it's cool for them. I think that although they do have a player similar with Clarkson, I feel like that like backcourt duo off the bench is going to get buckets. Yeah. And that's you know what if they can just like. Find a way to defend somebody in the playoffs. A defensive player of the year. You might want to get on that. But uh, yeah, this should be fun. Can we ever talk go about? Debate. Can we ever? No, it's not even a go, a go bear debate. It's just, can we talk about the Jazz a singular time without there being a go bear diss in there? Like, <laughs> it, it just, it's, it's not. It's not even. It's not even. It's not even. No, no, no. It's, it's not, not his fault. It's not his fault. It's not even because I disagree. It's just because it gets old hearing the same diss <laughs> like every time we talk about what's the, the What's the diss? Why do why like? Because Gobert. Because no, it's not even Gobert's fault. It's that he's expected to literally defend whole teams in the playoffs, and they just run five out against him, and his value what completely diminishes. No, 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 no. Because you have completely <laughs> changed your narrative. <laughs> no, you so, used to, you go, used to just go Oh, Gobert can't. Can I explain why? Gobert is not that good. Just like that. Can I explain explain why? And now you're like, oh, well, people expect him to do too much. I'll explain it, Max. So Gobert, pretty much against a team that's not running five out, defends literally everyone that comes into the paint and does it very well. That's why he wins Defensive Player of the Year, and he has multiple Defensive Player of the Years. Right. But when teams like the Clippers last year run Marcus Morris, who's 6'8 at center, and he can shoot threes, yeah. Then it's like, what is he doing? Because he's too slow to. Can't, can't so, so, yeah, him. exactly. And he can't punish people on the other end. And can I explain why I'm changing my tune on Gobert? I called out. No, because I desperately want him to make the All NBA third team over Cat, so we do not need to pay Cat the supermax. <laughs> it so, all revolves around the Timberwolves. So, so the media keep oh, voting Gobert into that All All NBA third team. You're just helping <laughs> us build the dynasty, baby. Let's go. All connects back to the Timberwolves. It does somehow. All right, yeah, so I think the Jazz got a really, really big W. Yeah, but that's a dub for them. Very big dub. It is. Uh, Let's talk about another kind of insignificant one. Yeah, this one. The Raptors get Thaddeus Young, Drew Eubanks, and a second rounder from the Spurs. And the Spurs get Goran Dragic and a first round pick from this year. Uh, They're going to buy out Dragic. We'll see where he ends up going. Um, Can I explain what the pick situation is? Yeah. 
So I'm pretty sure that Raptor, the, the second the Raptors got, I believe it is from the Pistons, which will probably be like 31. And then I think the first rounder is, I forget what team it's from, but it's going to be around like the mid to late 20s. So they basically traded up like eight spots. Or So the Spurs essentially traded up eight spots and just swapped expiring contracts and bought out Drogic. So yeah. We'll see where Drogic ends up going. Probably um, Milwaukee or LA. Yeah, not going to, he'll go to a, Contender. Championship contender or the Mavericks <laughs> or the Mavs. Um, Actually, they don't need more. I don't know how good he'll end up being for any team with you know age stuff. We'll see what happens with that. Depends on what he's expected to do. If he goes yeah. to the Lakers and is expected to be the starting point guard, then uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was quite the yawn. Then I don't know what's going to happen. I'm so tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> But then, uh, yeah, if he goes to, like, the Bucks though, and can be, like, a rotational piece, if he could just be better Jeff Teague from last season, then that's that makes a world of difference for the Bucks. Yep. Um, Theo, we're going to get into your team a little bit here. Um, y'all did a little deal with your the Hornets. Your fire sale, yeah. Uh, the Hornets got Montrez Harrell, and in return, you guys get Vernon Carey Jr., Wizards legend Ish, Ish Smith. Hype them up. Yeah. Boston's second rounder next season. Don't forget that in that trade, the Hornets get Montrez Harrell and locker room problems. It comes with it. It comes with Montrez Harrell. Can, can, I, can I speak on Montrez really quick? Yeah. Immediately. I think it was his second game on the Hornets. That man was absolutely crying to the referees in overtime as he, like, a cat straight up just targeted him on defense and he kept getting, he kept having the foul cat and he was already blowing up on his teammates in the huddles. <laughs> no, I mean, it seems like so Dinwiddie and Montrose Harrell had issues, KCP and Montrose Harrell had issues. I, I don't think Beal and Montrose Harrell had issues, but it seems like Montrose Harrell had issues in terms of locker room stuff with like. Half the guys on the team, right? So just get rid of him. We're not paying him $17 million in the offseason or whatever he's going to ask for anyway. So I'm honestly glad we got rid of him. Ish Smith is – everyone likes Ish Smith. We got a second. <laughs> and Vernon Carey, I don't think he'll do anything. It's basically just a get rid of Montrose Harrell and get anything back for him deal, which is good. Do we want to just do the rest of the Wizards trades now since it feels relevant to uh, the other, the I want to save that one for the end. Okay, yeah, we're going to keep that's the good trades big. for the end. So then sorry, sorry, sorry. have to keep listening to us. Yeah, so you better listen. No hey, we've got like ten minutes. Don't turn it off. Keep okay. listening. Yeah, we have a few more. So what let's... time? Wait, what time do you want? We got like an hour and a half. Oh, you said ten minutes. Okay, yeah. so do let's... we want to fire through these the four team deal? Let's go to the yeah um, four team trade. This one, I'm not going to even... Oh, Just, wait. This, uh, I forgot it. Yeah, this one is kind of interesting. So yeah. the Bucs are going to get Serge... Box. Whoa. <laughs> the Bucs are going <laughs> to The Bucs are going to get Serge Ibaka. A couple seconds. Some cash considerations. The Clippers are going to get Rodney Hood, Simi Ojale, and... Oh, oh, Banja Markanovic. Some dude from Sacramento. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sacramento is going to get Dante, Dante DiVincenzo. Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, David uh, Michelin. Um, that's not his actual name, but that's easy for me to say. How many years till Sacramento makes the playoffs? Is it, uh, all of them. Uh, Dude, the West actually isn't like a second rounder. Impossible. And then Marvin Bagley has been freed from Sacramento, and he's going to Pistons. Detroit. They sent him to Detroit. So they basically took him out of a prison and put him in 
a jail. Possibly, <laughs> possibly a worse prison. Right Almost now. a like, reform. Right center. now, well, no, no, to no. be on the team, it's possibly a worse prison. I was no, gonna no, say, no, they John, took him from a prison to a psych ward. That's, that's the John, I appreciate the, the terminology of the word choice. You said freed. I picked up on that. Freed them from the team as well. Okay. Yeah. It's a uh, yeah. interesting so, situation for every team. Shout out to Kings, though. Getting Trey Lyles. He's a bucket. <laughs> he's, he's destroyed. Yeah, I've seen him destroy some teams. Or getting DiVincenzo. So. That's a good one. No, bad. seriously. If I mean, clearly the Kings, their goal was to get somewhat exciting and somewhat competitive. And they didn't do too bad if that's their goal. I don't know why they would give up. Actually, we... Haven't talked Whoa, about that. Spoiler yet. We haven't talked about it yet. Trade somebody good on their um, team. But overall, that seems like their their goal this offseason. If they just made this move, I think I would be a lot, well, maybe not a lot happier with their deadline, but I think their roster would fit pretty okay with the deadline. I don't know. Uh, but it's cool, though. Surge to the Bucks will be cool. Yeah. I really think he could be um, the missing piece they need. He could be their PJ Tucker yeah. from last year. I mean, I don't think they have a missing piece. They do a center now that Lopez has been hurt. I guess they're still. I mean, they're still my favorites to come out of the East. I think they're really good. I think they can match up really well against some teams too. If you're if you're the favorites to come out of the East, do you really have a missing piece? Uh, yes. Every team does. <laughs> every team except for Sun for Phoenix. Every team except for Phoenix really does. And Phoenix, well, Phoenix is gonna be like super high in talent. I think. Well, I can. Do you want me to go through this? I, I have a list of what of like the contenders' weaknesses. The Bucs have been missing the front court depth. The Warriors have been also missing like a, a true center center. Well, when Draymond's been out, like when they get Draymond back, I don't really see an issue. But like size, size. Like, what happens if they face like Joel? <laughs> they they probably Kevin Lo- Kevon Looney's probably gonna foul out. Um, what else? <laughs> Kevin Looney. Heat are missing healthy players. Uh, <laughs> the Nets are missing the center. <laughs> uh. So I'm not even gonna say Celtics because they've been good, but now it's stop it. All right, Heat. Uh, yeah, uh, Heat. I said healthy players. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And then is there anything? Anybody Bulls? else? Bulls. Uh, like somebody who can guard on the wing, wing stopper. So Patrick Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So every. I'm not saying it's like a huge flaw, but it's something they could use. Yeah. All right. Let's get to these trades, real quick. Um, That's pretty cool. insignificant. The Celtics make a couple of deals here. Uh, Jalen Brown. No, no, no. We were, we were, we were joking with you. Oh, you we, 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 said, we said it was a Savonis for Jalen Brown. I, I literally had no idea. They're like, yeah, Jalen Brown. Didn't even fact check it. Of course, I didn't fact check it. I like Jalen Brown, bro. I like Jalen Brown. I know. I heard. I've been hearing a lot of good things. Anyway, we scrolled back. League sources tell Max Jalen Brown is good. That's how. That's how much I pay attention. Max Voorhees is an insider, less reliable than ball sacks. Dude, you know what would be so funny if we released a new segment about basketball, just purely based on my knowledge about basketball. That would be hilarious. Be like, like tell Max me who's on this roster. Or um, we write like a news sure, uh, for you, but fifty percent of it is true, and the other fifty percent is false. That would be hilarious. I'd sell it may, too, Brock. We may it. do that next episode. That would be so. Fun. That would be a good free agency episode that, too. Yeah, free agency. Who, who we play for? Max edition. Anyway, uh, tight. So the Celtics made some moves really quick. They traded Dennis Schroeder and a couple other guys. Oh, they got rid of Dennis Freedom, which is a win in itself. And they uh, acquired <laughs> Daniel Ticeback, who I think is good for them. Yeah. And then they also acquired uh, Derek White, uh, Dark White from the Spurs. Dark. 
And uh, what was that for? Oh, yeah, for Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, who's bad, and then a 2022 first. <laughs> and a 2028 pick swap. So, yeah. They get, they get some good depth there. Other teams kind of just shipping out guys that they don't need anymore because they're too old and they're going younger. Better their name is Dark. Um, <laughs> and that really does it for some of the insignificant trades. The Pelicans one was significant, getting CJ. Well, why don't we talk about a trade rumor that didn't happen because we're talking about the Celtics right now. Okay. So, the, can I was, talk about this? There was not something that Everybody. was supposed to happen with the Timberwolves and the Celtics and someone on this podcast Ooh. was saying that he could he could pretty much guarantee that it was going to happen. I did not say guarantee. I said I really I said hope. pretty much. You said you, you, said said you, you very speak. strongly okay, suggested I was, <laughs> that you thought it was going to happen. I really thought this dude – I really thought the Wolves were going to push harder for this. I There was a deal – the deal was on the table, and it just didn't get fully ironed out. That was going to be Malik Beasley in a first-rounder for Marcus Smart. I really, really, really hoped that was going to happen because I just think it would be hilarious to watch Patrick Beverly and Marcus Smart beat up teams for 48 minutes a night <laughs> or 38 minutes a night when Patrick Beverly gets hurt every other game. But uh, <laughs> but I just thought it would have been really, really interesting for both teams because the Celtics kind of need some spacing too. Uh, but I'm Celtics fine. do not need any help. We just destroyed the 76ers. They, oh, they did. They, they embarrassed. What happened? Where was was Harden not playing? No, no, no he's not. He's not playing until after the All I don't think the Embiid was not being playing. Yeah, he yeah, was. He was. was. Oh my god. The, right. Someone on Twitter said that's yeah, like ha- that's like up. flying a chick out and then having you get beat up immediately after picking her up. <laughs> <on the airport. laughs> he, he got he got 13 of his 19 points on the free throw line. Embiid. Embiid gets so many free throws. He no, there was a stat that was like. Expected uh, foul or expected free throws over like where you're taking the shots. Indeed, was like literally eight percentage points like higher than everybody else on the list. And then Harden was like top three as so, well. So is that like when you should get a foul? Yes. So it's like it takes where you are, like where you're shooting your shots on the floor, and what you would be expected to get for the free throw line, pretty much. How how often you would be expected to get to the free throw? How line. common it is to get fouled? Then? And I'm pretty sure Joel was like. 15% more likely than an average player, which I think is also – it's more than that. I mean, he, he's great at flailing. And nobody else was over seven. He's also, he was, he's also f- taking more shots than a lot of guys. He was – fif- That's part of the reason. Not all of it. He does block, but I'm saying that's he, some of it. No, but, like, he was 15.6 more likely than the average player. The next closest was 7% more likely. Refs love and I think it was – it was someone weird. I know Harden was third. It was someone really weird. Yeah. And then Ant was, like – Expected, he got gets way less calls. What did Ant have to do with any? Because yeah, he was on the opposite side of the spectrum. It was him. SGA also was on that list. Oh, okay, no, right, yeah, yeah. What about Josh Giddy? Where was Josh Giddy? And Van Bleet. Uh, what about Beal? <laughs> Beal wasn't on like the no. spectrum on either side. But it's no, it's really spectrum. funny to watch. Oh, he's on the spectrum. It's, it's no, really funny to don't watch. say that when Stop. um it's really it's really funny to watch <laughs> when Embiid will like flail for maybe. Three fourths of a second, and then immediately goes straight. It's, it's like when someone laughs and then goes straight face. He like flails and then immediately goes back to normal position. It's you can tell it's straight up just I to get like, the foul. I feel like we want to talk about these big trades now. So yeah, let's get about... into the big trades. All right, before we get into uh, the big trades, we are gonna go ahead and put it out there. We had some issues with the visuals for the first half of the episode. We don't know what happened. Blame Theo if you want to blame anybody. I, I hit the record button. So. I think it's because the way I have the phone, oh, yeah, the yeah. phone stand, the yeah. front of it might touch that made it my phone recording. screen. Okay. And maybe exit the camera. 
But I don't see why I would do that if it's not moving at all. Yeah. I hit the record button and then it was on the home screen when I checked it. So, so yeah, let's you... hope it's recording now. If it's not, you'll just get audio and the picture of our podcast logo on yeah. YouTube, which is fine because honestly, most of you guys listen on Spotify anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I mean, if you are watching it on YouTube, sorry for the cut. I don't you know can, what else to tell you. You There's can watch really our logo sit there. That yeah. would be a really our handcrafted logo. By me. Good job, Theo. It was uh, me. Anyways, we're going to get to the big trades. Let's start off with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They get Karis LeVert in a 2022 second-round pick from Miami. And in return, the Pacers get Ricky Rubio. Expiring a first and two seconds. So they really just ship out LeVert um, for some cap space and some picks. Um, I really, really love this for the Cavs. I know it had been rumored for a while, I think. Um, but they get another guy to help them out. Uh, um, they've had a really, really good season so far. Definitely exceeded everybody's expectations. We had said we had projected them to be one of the worst teams of all time. <laughs> and they uh, they proved us wrong, and LeVert is going to help them keep doing it. Cavs fans, I, I'm so sorry. I, I, know, <laughs> I don't think any of you listen to this pod, but if you did, you have full rights to bully me in the comments of whatever. You can go to my Instagram and just be like, you're an idiot. His <laughs> address is nothing. <laughs> okay, Sky Jackson. So <laughs> so tomorrow, Connor will be in this location at this time. I feel like at some point we'll need to make a video of just clowning me for that take, which I feel like was a take that we all agreed with, but I was so yeah. like aggressive so about it. That at, at the end of the season, we find like everyone's bad takes. And just do that. make like a short, like a short three minute video of just making fun of them. That would be that'd be really funny. I feel like I have a lot of them. Um, I feel like I've got a, a couple. Everybody has. It. That's what makes. I this thought fun. Clay Thompson. Can was we just talk about next. really quickly how close my bold prediction was at the start of the season to working? I said that Lamelo and Ant would be all stars and lead their teams to the playoffs, and I was so close. If Adam Silver just didn't let Wiggins be you're, an all star game player, you're acting like the Hornets aren't the nine seed, one game above the Hawks. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. One and a half games above the Wizards, I think. Either one and a half or two. So, like, still better than them. Yeah, no, they're better than <laughs> us. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we can't pass them at this point. They're not that good. Yeah, so, my bad. But anyway, sorry, we get back to the trade. <laughs> oh, and then for the Pacers, I like it. They're finally choosing a direction. They're, they're willing to take assets in return for their players, as we saw later. And uh, I, Pacers, thank you. Thank you for just not standing pat and trying to <laughs> trade for Gordon Hayward. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, okay. I totally forgot uh, to write this down, uh, but on the topic of the Pacers, they made a, a trade that's more exciting than the one we just talked about. They send DeMontis Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and a 2023 second rounder to Sacramento. And in return, they got an absolute W. Uh, with Tyrese Halliburton, and they get Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson as well. The this was of Tristan Thompson. Yeah, uh, this was one of the more um, kind of out of nowhere trades. <laughs> nobody expected this trade to yeah. happen. Nobody expected Tyrese Halliburton to get shipped out of Sacramento. I like executive said that they this like they didn't even know he was available. It's kind of funny because it was like a Kristaps situation when he got traded from New York. He just kind of you know he was rumored, but nobody thought it actually happened. Yeah. And then for the Pacers, I think that's a huge W. They finally have found like a point guard of the future. They're probably going to move up Brogdon in the offseason. But Halliburton in his last like 12 games has been averaging like 19 and 10. 
and on really good efficiency. And I think that he's, you know, he's also just a really cool, like, locker room guy. He's someone you want to build a rebound or you want to rebuild around. And he was, like, Sacramento's only hope, like, source of hope. So, I mean, good for them for stealing it. Uh, Yeah, I don't think there's anything you can say about Halliburton. Um, He's quickly made me a fan of his. I didn't know anything about him coming out of college, but um, just listening to, you know, podcasts and interviews he's done and watching him play the past one and a half seasons, um, he's turned me into a big fan of his. And I I feel bad for him because of how much he invested in Sacramento. But, you know, I think good things are coming for him in Indiana. And he, again, like you said, he's a great guy to build around. And uh, as for Sacramento, getting some bonus is cool. We'll see where it takes them. Um, that can probably make a playoff push or a play-in push, rather. Justin Holiday is cool, too. Yeah. I don't know what their direction is still. Uh, they get a guy who's going to help them win now a little bit more than Halliburton would, but they also lose the guy who is best for their future. Um, and I know Fox is there, but I think Halliburton's still I a better did. option. I really wish that the Kings did this, but instead of trading Halliburton, seeing if the – I wish they would have traded Fox instead. I think they I, I probably think, tried it. I think Halliburton and Sabonis are a way more intriguing combination. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I agree with everything about how good Halliburton is for Indiana. But I've changed my mindset on this trade for Sacramento a little bit since it happened. I feel like so I was talking about this a little bit with the Dante DiVincenzo trade. But like they, they kind of just added stuff to the point where – now they have a little bit of hope for now. Like going into next season, you can look at them and some people might project, oh, they'll be the eight seed. Like you might actually project that. Ten seed, but yeah. It depends. Regardless. But regardless, like you and Westbrook I mean, is still in the Lakers. The teams surprise us all the time. Like That's an eight seed is it would be surprising, but like it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. I mean, starting I don't think anybody season. predicted that the Wolves would be this. I don't think any of y'all said the Wolves. Like, y'all clowned me for it. Or, I said 10 seed, I remember. And then I was like, I think they can be better than that. But, like, I don't think anybody expected the West to, like, bottom out as bad as they did this year. So mm-hmm. I think there's definitely a chance for them. I actually kind of like – they do still need some wings, but they can if they can find, like, a decent wing or two, it would be cool. I, I honestly kind of wish, though – since they're trading Buddy and Halliburton, I really wish the Kings found a way to get a first in that deal. Even if it was like the Cleveland pick that was in the Blovert trade. So I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, to follow off what you said, it shows they're at least doing something. Mm-hmm. They were in such an awkward situation before where they were like kind of building for the future, but were like on the verge of playing, but they didn't really have enough to like convince you that oh, this is going to be a really, really good team in the future. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at least they show some kind of direction and that we, they're trying to win now. Um, we'll see what they're able to do in things like free agency and with other trades and, and the draft. Um, I, I don't think they'll get much either the, way. The but, magical free agency class. Right. I mean, they, you know, they just need a couple veterans and they can make a play-in push and win more games than they have in the past couple seasons at least and, you know, use that to build around. What are you geeking at? I was, I was like, Max looked over uh-huh. twice, so I looked over twice. Oh. <laughs> also, I think Halliburton is great, but, like, right now is probably when his value will be highest because if I had to bet, I wouldn't say he turns into a superstar. I would say he turns into a very good player. But right now his value is very high, and I think they understand that 
Halliburton, Fox, Davion Mitchell, too many yeah. guards. They're just going to trade the guy with the most value for something in return that can help them win now. Tyrese is such a, like, watching him play, it's like, I can't really think of somebody I can, like, profile him after. Because he's, he's got some, like, interesting stuff. If anything, I would say that he could be a borderline all-star for years to come. And that's cool. He could be he could be like a three option on a maybe not a, on a really good playoff team. I think I, that's. I think he's also. He's got like this impact part to him. Yeah, he's the leader. Right, where he is going to make winning plays, and every night he's going to go give it his all. But at the same time, he is a guy that you like. Like you said, you want to have, and he's a tertiary. He's going to do. He's going to do the right things on the court without doing a bunch of the wrong things. And I think that's, you know, kind of underappreciated at times. He's not going to make a bunch of mistakes night in, night out. Good locker room guy. Guy you'd want dating your daughter. Whoa. What? I really hope I don't have a Anyway, uh, I do want to say – entirely different term. I do want to say one thing, though. I feel bad. Uh, Talking about the players' girlfriends, uh, Tyrese's girl is probably very disappointed going from Sacramento in California to Indiana. Why just his girlfriend? I think anybody would be disappointed. Who says this is a girl? Callie to... That's just such an awkward comment to make. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I flipped this entire thing. (laughs) It just doesn't... Not to throw off the flow of things, but no, because I've seen because what's it called? I've seen her like Instagram stories, and she goes to like a fuck a bunch of events in LA. (laughs) Jonah, Jonah sent me up with her Insta. I just want that known. Uh, Oh yeah, speaking of, I DM Zendaya on the on the Super Bowl. She never spies. Hey, shoot your shot, Max. One day you'll hit. Hey, man. No, we're, we're already dating. So. Said, yo, you slide me through tonight. She did not respond. One day it'll be your, <laughs> one day it'll be your mid-range jumper, I'm, not your three-pointer. <laughs> I'm already dating her, so give it up, pal. Did you hear she's buying a house with Tom Holland? Like a four Good for million. them. You mean, I, you mean Jonah Middleton? Like a, not, like a yeah, $4 million dollar house. It should have been me. Where, are they, where is it? I don't know. Is it a, Okay, that's that was gonna be my guess because I heard they were in London like last week. I'm or British. So. And so <laughs> Jonah's flying to London this yeah. second. No, no, no. I Tom. Imagine Holland, being. Imagine I'm being enough a, of a fan of Tom Holland where it's excused. Imagine being a citizen of a country where the entire country talks like Stevie Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> they, they Tom Holland. Okay. Alex Spellamon, if you're watching this, it's no, it's no heat at you, but we are gonna have to find some other way. All right. Yeah. It, no, uh, I then, know. I, I like, this. No, I mean, just, just. It's fine. And then let's, let's get into the last trade. This one hits. No, this close. is the second to last. Oh, so, oh, sorry. I kind of forget about the other one. Uh, this one hits close to home with Theo. As uh, do you want to give your thoughts on it, Theo? Well, the uh, sorry, it's Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans to the Mavericks, and in exchange, the Wizards get Kristaps Porzingis and a 2022 second round. Porzingis well, is the good. I'd like to correct you and say that it is Davis Bertans instead oh, of Davis because oh, 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 wow. he keeps saying. Until Davis. he hits his threes, he's Davis. <laughs> he's an Americanized. <laughs> Davis Bertans. <laughs> no, he's still Bertans, but Davis. All right. So we basically got rid of two people that are making way too much money and doing negative things on the court for Porzingis, who never plays in a second-round pick. So I'll <laughs> take, I'll definitely get rid of Dinwiddie and Bertans, who I think Dinwiddie's contract was two in, more years after. But, but, but it was it was like three years, like sixty-one million or six. So about something twenty like million a year. So on average, about twenty oh million. God, that's so much. And Bertans making seventeen million a year, and he has three more years. 
on his contract. So that's really bad. <laughs> Considering Bertans is shooting like 30%, maybe less from three. I think he brought it up a little bit, but 30% from three. Really quick, Kristaps is shooting 29% from three. Okay, that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's no, Bertans was paid to shoot. No, no. She shot 20% for the first half of the year, brought it up to 30 now, guys. Whoa. Um, <laughs> that's all he does. It's a W trade for y'all. Uh, Dinwiddie, I, I was telling everyone that it feels like he shoots 20% every single game at this point. He started off well, so don't let his stats deceive you. He is probably averaging like 28% from the field in the past 40 games. I can check his splits. Um, Give me a second. I think the Wizards easily won that trade. And we got Porzingis, who maybe he won't play a lot because that's kind of the trend with him. But I'll take a chance on someone. Yeah, who has two years this year and next year. I'll take a chance on someone who a few years ago looked like he was going to be one of the brightest stars in the league. He still has potential to do something. Not necessarily a, the brightest star in the league, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, I'll, I'll get rid of two guys who are being... People said passing of the torch. I'll Dirk get rid of two guys who have negative impacts to get Porzingis. Let me find... One yeah, it's a very low-risk high-reward thing for y'all. Like, you don't really lose anything. And you get something that can end up being really good for y'all. And if it's not, then so what? You got two bad contracts okay. off your team. Okay, I'm going to say Dinwiddie's field goal percentage by month. In October, it started off as 42% and 40 from three. Then it went down to 41 in November, uh, 35 in December, 36 in January, and then 20, 26 in February. That's that's what I'm telling you. It just goes down and then down. The three-point percentage just went straight down. Uh I see why you'd be frustrated with them. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know how we got them to throw in a second. I, I don't <laughs> how know. How did you get them to do Okay, so I, I heard from the Mavericks' perspective, their angle was that they wanted – that Jason Kidd really didn't like Kristaps and that they wanted to find two smaller contracts that they felt they could more easily flip in the offseason rather than Kristaps with his anchor and his injury problems. Kristaps almost went to Toronto, too. That was a discussed trade, but Toronto backed forward. I mean, that's... Tor- Toronto backed out <clears throat> because they said they didn't want his injury risk. That's fine, sure. but what are you... Literally, I they think... traded Porzingis for two guys with smaller contracts that they can flip. That don't fit. That don't fit and also don't have value. Like, everyone was so surprised that the Mavericks traded for them. Who are they going to flip them for? If if no one else is gonna want him, I mean, I don't I don't know. It's like the I, I when I saw that Bertans got traded without any first round picks attached, I was legitimately shocked. So that makes me feel like the Wizards won the trade. All right, I think we've come to our grand finale. This is one of the craziest trades we've minute. ever seen. I actually knew some stuff. So should we talk early. about the timeline? That's how big it was. Should we talk about that? He finally got traded, so. We can finally say his name. It's uncensored. He who shall be named now, it's Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, layer of bricks. It's over. <laughs> finally, it is done. Terror. All right. So a little Brooklyn, uh, Philadelphia swap. They're in the same. Uh, hey, they're in the same division. Um, that doesn't really matter. Basketball. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's something. Uh, so two. People pushing for a title run, especially after this trade. Uh, we'll just get into it. Philly gets James Harden and Paul Millsap after an interesting saga for Harden in Brooklyn. Was unhappy with things. 
somewhat reasonably, and he said that Philly was his first choice when he was leaving Houston. So he ended Which up getting what he wanted then. Is probably a lie, considering he was quoted as saying he, when like he asked out of Houston last year, his words were "I want to go to Brooklyn," but it could also be true. So yeah, anyway, Philadelphia gets Harden and Millsap. The Nets, who I personally think won the trade, we'll get into that after that. Uh, or after this, they got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first rounders, one in 2022 and this one year. in 2027. Yeah, the Nets won that. Um, yeah, what are our. Do we want to talk thoughts? about it? Yes. So let's talk about the Sixers' perspective okay. first. So for the Sixers, I think this, this, I mean, they cashed in Ben Simmons, someone who wasn't playing for them. For somebody who is a top ten caliber player, when he's in shape, uh, and it's not balding, uh, but I don't know. Harden gives them a really interesting dynamic. They really will have to focus on finding ways to get him and Embiid like to play together because those two have been pretty ball dominant in recent years. So it'll be really interesting. Well, one thing that isn't even necessarily like a basketball analysis but i think no one's really thinking about it when they lost simmons they lost a lot of size in their starting lineup right the harden is not simmons size but he's a big like he's a big guard simmons. especially for six point guard he's six but, ten but especially for a point guard harden i swear these NBA players just keep growing bro like really especially for a point guard i mean harden is six six and he's like pretty bulky and strong i think that it's nice that they gained some size just in their starting lineup, considering that's how they originally had the team built, in a sense. Yes. Although there is the one thing I will say about Philadelphia is that they have lost all floor spacing in this deal. I think that they are really going to struggle in certain aspects because their best spot-up shooters, I think, on their roster right now are going to be Furkan Korkmaz, you probably don't want on the floor in a playoff game just because his defense is real, is pretty meh. And then, what, are you having Danny Green as your spot-up guy? It's it's interesting. I wish that they would have – I, I this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like if they could have traded Maxi and Simmons instead of all the other stuff they gave up instead, I would have done it. I don't think the Nets would have accepted that. No. They would because of fit, because they're trying to win now. I think they would have found like a th- or like a three team trade. The, the, so, okay. Reroute Maxi somewhere else. Anything is possible at that point. Really goes whatever. Um, yeah. In terms of Philly, I'll speak on them first. Um, I think having a perimeter scorer like Harden is obviously a lot better than Ben Simmons, just because of fit. Um, you get a guy like Daryl Morey who's or you have a guy like Daryl Morey in the front office who's very, very familiar with Harden, obviously. I think there's going to be a lot of ISO basketball. I think it's going to be Harden and Bede kind of just taking turns. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of pick-and-roll basketball, which is going to be uh, really, really exciting to watch in terms of um, you know those two players. Harden plays well in the pick-and-roll. We've seen him do it before with some other big men. Um, and Embiid is by far the most talented uh, big that we've seen him play with. And so the pick and roll there is going to be a lot of fun. He provides a lot of perimeter scoring. I know they lose some shooting, um, but he'll make up for that um, in the slightest bit at least. Uh, I think Harden is going to need to move off the ball 
a lot more than he's used to. He won't do which it. He won't, and that could cause some problems. Um, but I think if he can do that, if he can cut baseline, move around the perimeter a little bit, that's going to provide an entirely new dynamic uh, to that team. I don't think that'll happen. I'd like to see it happen. I don't think it will. Um, Millsap, kind of whatever. Some depth. Yeah. It's fine. As for the Nets, we can transition into them. Nets took a dog. I think they will. Actually, let me – can I say one more thing about the Sixers? Yeah. So I'm not comparing the teams because they're different teams and they have different talents and stuff, but I feel like when LeBron and AD were together – Everyone expected them to be good, but no one expected just the fact that that duo was so good that, like, no one could stop it. I feel like it might be similar with Harden and Embiid. Like, we're not thinking about how good Embiid is and how good he's been this year paired with how good Harden usually is when he cares. Yeah. Like, that's going to be so hard to stop, and I don't know. So Harden I was going to say that. Oh, my God. Dang it. And when they're Harden to stop. When they're on the floor together, I think we'll realize that. Like, if you watch a game, it's like literally, what do you do? We need uh, a nickname yeah. for they're them. gonna be really dominant. The Flop Brothers. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. You were talking about Embiid's foul calls, and they're gonna draw so many fouls. Oh, they're gonna foul a team. Opposed. Actually, foul. you know what their strategy might be? Just to attack the other team's center, and they'll <laughs> all foul out by the second quarter, and then that's that way they don't need to worry about who's gonna defend Embiid if everyone's six six. Exactly. Tobias Harris is nice too. Yeah, he's probably gonna have a super reduced role. I kind of feel bad. That's kind of good. I feel like for him, like well, from a team aspect, that's kind of what you want. Like you, you're paying him a lot of money, but you don't. I don't want. What Tobias is he Harris best? Being my second I'm, I'm asking at. you. What do you think he's best at? Off the I dribble, think off the dribble creation. I think he can also. He can move off the ball. Yeah. Better than and you know, he's a guy who can make shots and move off the ball. He ain't gonna take that corner three. He's gonna hit, hit him with the jab step. Dribble, no, dribble he'll he'll pump a, he'll pump fake dribble into a mid range mid range jumper. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But at the same time, he's a guy who can definitely move off the ball, and he's a threat. So like you, know, you have true. a threat moving off the ball, and then if you anything, have those two yeah, guys. His value might be like when one of Harden and Beat are sitting, you can yeah. play him and get reliable buckets. So honestly, cool. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think. Both teams win, but talking about the Nets, uh, we'll get into them. I think, I think they won this trade, in all honesty. At first, I was a little bit more split, and the more I've thought about it, the more I think the Nets won this trade. Um, getting Ben Simmons, controversial, obviously. I think that's um, going to work really well, though. But I think the fit is great. Because he doesn't have to shoot. He doesn't exactly. have to shoot. We have Kyrie and KD. Seth Curry. If I'm managing that team, Ben Simmons is going to be my center. He's going to play the five for me. He's going to be in a playmaking role. At least at the end of games, yes. Yeah, he's got uh, guys around him that can shoot the ball. Sending Curry with him is really, really great. Um, Having Katie and Kyrie around him is awesome. He's going to have a reduced role offensively. Defensively, he can be the anchor that they need. He He can provide defense, yeah, in the paint, on the perimeter. He can playmake, which is also something they've kind of needed, especially with the absence of Kyrie Irving. Both teams really got what they needed. Yeah. Like, no one really and got That's why right. I love this trade so much because it's not like a fleece of one team. Yeah. Um, I do kind of – the only thing is I think that, like, I know I, I'll stop, but uh, everything that I liked about Ben Simmons as a fit in Minnesota with, like, besides, like, a cat and an ant would be that he wouldn't have to take shots, and the Nets are just a better version of that. That's what I was going to. The only thing is I kind of – 
you know, I think it's going to be interesting seeing how Simmons like adapts to playing like not center, but basically like point center. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm like, I'm curious. I, I wonder if the, if the Nets will try it out or I hope in the buyout market, they could snag like a big, that is not Ennis Cantor. Uh, like a Moses, like a Moses Brown, I feel like could be huge for the Nets. Just a big body that mm-hmm. nobody wants to screw with. I think in terms of fit, and in terms of talent at this point and team building, they're probably the best in the league right now. What's the death The lineup? one thing that I'm concerned about would be KD is – I don't think it works out this year. I don't think this gets them the championship this year. It just no. – I mean, it's 60-something games of the season making this trade, and Simmons hasn't even played yet. KD's still play. injured. Kyrie is only playing half the games. I mean – so, I really doubt it works out this year. And then next year, Kate is a year older. Katie has been having some of these injuries more recently. It's just making a trade that doesn't necessarily help you this year as much is a little risky considering what Katie's situation has been recently with injuries. Also, but that, but in terms of talent and team building, I think it's like made them pretty much the best in the league. If we think about it, Kyrie still might miss half of the games next year too. If nothing changes, well, right? The thing like, is that recently Adam change. Silver did come Will out. Though? Adam Silver came out and said that he disagreed with how the rule is structured to basically don't say the word. Away player, don't yeah, don't say it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, away players are, if they are unvaccinated and they go to the Nets stadium, they can the still play. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they can still play in the games. But Kyrie, because he his residence is in New Jersey, is not able to. Oh, really? So Adam Silver was saying that he doesn't like it, but rather than saying it should apply to all people, he just says the rule should be gotten rid of. And there's also like a precedent now considering DC just dropped their mask mandate for inside stuff. Except for schools. Yeah, but that's different. Yeah, true. Uh, It gives DC, it gives New York a precedent. So I think something is going to give in the next couple of months. There's only so much that people are going to put up with. And, like, at this point, people have made up their minds about how they want to stop it yeah. or not stop it. And plus, the Nets' attendance is so bad, they might need to. Right. So, I mean, I mean, at some point, people are just going to live with My question is, do we, do, we, do we think that'll be next year? Like, I think so. I, next, we, next there's year a lot of sure. time. I don't know if and, it's going to happen this year, but next you year. You know, I think, yeah, it, eventually it'll become less of a factor. Uh, as for getting Curry... Yes, that's all, I that's think awesome, that's actually. that's incredible. If you're going to get a guy like Simmons, Curry is the guy that you want right next to him. The, in terms of the guys of, that aren't superstars. The amount of three point spacing you have between Patty Mills, Seth Curry, and Joe uh, Harris is absolutely insane. You can like imagine a bench unit with them just gunning, just chucking oh, yeah. threes. I think their death lineup would probably be what Kyrie or Patty Mills, depending on where you're playing. Uh, <laughs> Seth Curry, Joe Harris, and then Katie and Simmons. What is up with Harris? Like, he's been are, hurt. He's, I, I know, but like, what is up with him? He's going to be back soon, from what I've heard. Because, yeah, I haven't heard any reports about it, and that's a little concerning because it's hard to just – I know I you're mean, saying he's part of the death lineup, but he, he's been out a while, right? And just plugging him back in, it's hard to – Include him as a guy who will be. Uh, oh, never mind. Oh wait, well yeah, enough for a death lineup. You see what uh, I'm saying? Ben Simmons won't be having with concerning Joe Harris injury update, so maybe he won't be back. Oh well. Yeah, and and uh, even if he does get back, 
He's been out they for got so sacked. long that I don't feel like you can just plug him no. back in and say, oh, he's a part of the deadline. 25 minutes ago, Nets Joe Harris could have second surgery on ankle. Oh, he's probably out for the year. Though. Yeah, no, I think he's out for the season. But again, we, like you talked about, this is a team that really should focus on next season, uh, getting back healthy um, and, you know, really getting that team chemistry up during this uh, season and they, the offseason. The best thing about this trade for the Nets might be that they have <clears throat> unscrewed themselves with their future, I feel like is the best way of putting it. Yeah. They have given themselves a way out. So if this all blows up, they have Simmons, who should still be young and tradable, who they can put for assets. And that 2027 Sixers pick, there's no really way really there's no way Embiid is still healthy at that point, and Harden's going to be gone. So do you trust – I don't know if they will build up a, a – team good enough by then that that pick won't be like really valuable no i think that's a really good pick for them to get um yeah. as for drummond we only have <laughs> like a couple seconds left i actually kind of like it for them he's not going to have this like super super big role he'll provide some rebounding which is something that they've really needed defensively we'll see what happens um but it can't hurt to have a big body there um but yeah that's really all, all that we have in the trade deadline and i hate drummond like, I agree with the fact that he can get a bunch of rebounds and make no impact. But when you're on the Nets with the way their team is constructed, and they need a center so badly and they need boards so badly, it's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, again, this is coming out over the weekend. We're recording on a Wednesday. Uh, we should be back soon, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, stay tuned. Make sure you like, follow, comment, subscribe, get engaged on social media. We had a lot of fun over the trade deadline. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you all later. Thank you, guys. See you later.